And there's no, there's no true death unlike in Lent in Ramadan. And then there's no joy and there's no resurrection at the end. There is, they, you do not, there's no, there is no surefire hope of participation in resurrection. I mean, yeah, the Muslims writ a lot of our ideas about the last judgment and stuff, but, um, uh, but the thing is, is that you don't, you don't have, you don't have a you don't have a first fruits among the dead. You don't have a resurrection in in Islam. You don't. I mean, like, I mean, like, you have a, you go to heaven, right? But there is no, the earth will be remade and everything will become like it. That doesn't exist. And so there's no joy at the end. There is, oh, I get to escape from this awful world, and we're not going to remake it, and nothing ever is going to be right. Hmm. So... I feel yeah. so good. Have, I, I really have do. you been working out? A little bit. Yeah! Parker looks swole, bro. So shaving your beard automatically equals working out. Well, there's some people it may, but you also know it's the best. best. <laughs> I have to stop fighting like that. I never will. Kirby, where'd you get the football from? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, tonight is night one of our discussion night. So, so once a month. Uh, for all of the summer, so April, May, June, July, and August, we're going to be doing a discussion night once a month, and we're going to be talking about uh, big topics in the Bible. So, uh, for example, tonight is uh, baptism. We're discussing baptism, and then we're going to discuss communion. We're going to discuss uh, gifts of the Spirit. We're going to discuss speaking in tongues, and we're going to discuss uh, other things as well. Um, but tonight, we are specifically focusing on baptism. So when we say discussion night, this is a discussion night. This is not debate night. This is not, you know, this is my belief versus your belief. And I'm going to prove to everyone else why my belief is correct and your belief is wrong. So what Parker and John are going to submit to us tonight is the biblical facts of what uh, baptism is and the theology behind it straight from the Bible. It's, it's nothing more of saying this is why you have to believe and this is it. Um, but they're going to read the scriptures. They're going to discuss them. And then they're going to open up the floor for um, a qu- question and response. Right, because you know the only answers that we can find are in the scripture anyway. So uh, if you have responses to what they say after we get done reading the scriptures, um, give them. And I encourage everyone: if you don't have a piece of paper, find paper, or you know, get on your phone and write down your questions. So while we are doing the question and response time, you will have your question already written down. Um, so. Yeah, there's going to be a lot to discuss. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, um, and then after I pray, they're going to go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. We don't have paper. Use your phones. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, what kind of church is this? Man? It's upstairs. <laughs> so you lied. So you do have paper. You're just lazy. Yeah, but it's not my paper. I already shared the password with you, Samara. I mean, uh, Sierra. It's already 
I shared the password with you. All right, so thank you, Jesus, so much for uh, this ability to come freely and meet with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus, we pray and ask that uh, everything that Parker and John uh, speak about tonight, Lord, we just pray and ask that it's nothing uh, from their own minds and nothing from their own hearts and nothing from their own spirits. But Father, we ask that uh, you would directly speak through them. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would give them uh, new ideas, that you would give them um, new ways of uh, submitting information, uh, that you would ready all of our hearts and minds. Father, you're, you're reminding me of the scripture that says we have to have ready soil. So Father God, I pray and ask that you would ready the soil of our hearts and minds and spirits so that these uh, seeds that are planted, Father, uh, they would actually go deep into the soil and that they could grow. And most importantly, Father, we want to make sure that you're being glorified in this all. So I pray and ask, Lord, that you would help us to keep all of our, uh, you know, our behaviors and attitudes in check and that you would help us to be able to bring something new uh, that we've never heard before and that you would do a new thing in all of us. And Lord, I just feel led to pray for um, a couple things. So Lord, we lift up Will and Micah right now, Father, pray and ask that you would protect them, that you would help them as they are uh, in this family emergency. And Lord, I just pray and ask that you would... Um, that your will and that your way would be done, and that most importantly, the seeds that need to be planted in this situation would be planted. And that, Holy Spirit, that you would break down every wall that needs broken down, and that you would heal every broken thing that needs to be healed. And Father, we pray for Shaylee right now. Uh, my dad and Kirby and I were talking about miracles today, and we believe that you're still a miracle-working God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Lord, so we pray and we declare and we decree right now that you still do, you still do miracles. And Father, we speak to these tumors in the bladder and in the liver right now, and we tell them to die. Father, we declare and decree that they're uh, in the stomach as well. And Alex Fox's stomach and the ulcer in his stomach as well. And everything uh, that's that's going wrong right now, Lord, we just declare and we decree healing, wellness, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so me and Parker have been working on this probably for about a little, a little over a week now. Uh, like Matt said, we're going to talk about baptism. Uh, there's five topics we're going to hit on. One, the first one, what is baptism? Two, what happens at baptism? Three, baptism and salvation. Four, um, rebaptism, and then fifth one, the typology of baptism. Can you go over that really quick one more time? Yeah. What is baptism? Okay. Uh, what happens at baptism? <laughs> By the way, I had like not very much time to prepare, so that's why I'm preparing right in front of you right now. Yes, sir, you are. Is baptism needed for salvation? Or however you want to word that. And then the fifth one is typology. How do you spell that? T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y. Am I your school teacher? I'm sorry, that's so rude. I'm sorry. Where's the whiteboard, John? It's over there. I'm going to use the one to get your typology. Otherwise, it'll just be very confusing if you don't want. Alright, first thing. What is baptism? So the definition of baptism... Uh, when you look at it, uh, the Greek word is baptizo. And when you look at the Strong's, it's a, basically a big book. It's called the Strong's Coordinates, and it goes over any word in the Bible, and it talks about the definition and like where it's used whenever. Okay. And the Strong's definition is this. To immerse, submerge, to make overwhelmed, fully wet, use only the New Testament of ceremonial ablution. 
So baptism is simply when someone is immersed in water. That's essentially the definition of it. Uh, so where, we, where do any of your all's churches like do the sprinkle thing? I don't know. Catholics do mm-hmm. Catholics do sprinkle. Do any of y'all do it, or do all y'all do immersion? Yeah, do that to me, baby. Let's get it. Like water balloon baptism? Yeah. They won't let me. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so the short answer is there's a, there's a lot of debate um, sprinkled or immersion, but it really doesn't matter where if it's done by sprinkled or immersion. A lot of, from what I understand is when I was studying this, is there was mixed sources of when the sprinkled immersion started. And a big reason why the sprinkled baptism started was, you know, if they're going out to different, like the, the apostles were going out to different areas, going to Egypt or Ethiopia or all these places. Some of those places just don't have a lot of water. So it's not like you're going to be like, all right, man, let's go find a river. It, you could go who knows how many days without finding a river or some ginormous. So if they had water on them, they would use that water. That's kind of where it started is just how it kind of got through. So really, it's just kind of like, you know, we're here tonight and the church of Jonathan doesn't have that. When all we have is a water bottle. That has partially my spit in it. That's what we're using. Gross. So, yeah. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get a different water bottle. A little, little extra in there. <laughs> yeah. But essentially, it really doesn't matter. The main thing is that it has to be done with water and in the Trinitarian format. Does anybody not know what that means? I was not told you. Like, I told you not to make it harder. Like, Trinitarian is like, like, notice, like, what is the word for it? Representing the Trinity, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you notice, you identify, what is the word I'm trying to say right now? Acknowledge? Don't you dare. Acknowledging the fact that there is a trinity. Yeah. That's why you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the Trinitarian format. You have to be baptized in that. Um, and Jesus says it in Matthew 28:19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah what? Matthew 28:19. <laughs> <laughs> so where you got Jeremiah? I don't know. Jeremiah what? Matthew 24, 19? 28. 28. Okay. <laughs> good, Kirby. All right. Uh, the second point. Oh, lastly. Um, whenever it comes to baptism, baptism is a little bit different than communion. And baptism, anyone can baptize anyone. Obviously, they have to be a believer. That's kind of the preference. They have to be a believer. Now, should it be preferred to be in a church by the pastor or someone of an elder, yes, it should. But if it ha- if someone wants to get baptized tonight, we're not going to be like, nah, man, you got to wait until so. Luckily, we have Garrett here, who technically is pastor. So, technically, like, is. somebody is. Well, the thing is, is that is that it shouldn't even be just by, like, any pastor. It should be by the, the person who they're going to go to church with. Why? If they're not, because what you're being baptized into is Christ's body. You're being baptized and you're entering into the church. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be, and baptism is a community thing. It takes mm-hmm. a church to baptize. Mm-hmm. If there is no whole church, then there would be there would be no point for baptism. Jesus would just walk up to you and go, oh, oh here's my blood. My bad, yes. Questions at the end. I wasn't talking to you, Matt. Uh, uh, oh, okay. But, um, uh, crap, where was I going? But, I mean, 
if you're on your deathbed and you're like, oh, I accept Jesus, well, obviously you're not gonna have a church to go to. So, you know, okay. just just talk, toss, you know, Make whoever, it whoever is around, sprinkle, toss spray. that, toss that water on them. <laughs> just kill them while you baptize them i guess okay well, pretty pretty way to go very very symbolic it's truly um so, all right so what happens at baptism three things happen uh, the first one is we join with christ in his death burial and resurrection and this verse is romans 6 verses 3 through 4 do you not know that all of us who were who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So when we're baptized, that's why you see the immersion where they go down and then they come up because you're going down, death, you're in the water, burial, and you come out, resurrection. Okay. So the three things are what? Uh, you join with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the scripture is Romans 6, 3-4. Alright. After this, I will have the last bookmark. Alright. Uh, Gal- Galatians 3.27. I'll say that again because I think I messed up my But Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So again, that's just saying that again, that you're joining with Christ and the and a baptism. And so one of the things is in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul there talks about, about Moses walking through the Red Sea and like the sea and, and how it intertwines with baptism, okay? And that Israel was baptized into Moses. Moses was the typological figure of Jesus, okay? So Moses was representing Jesus. That's why Israel was baptized into Moses. But now Jesus comes, and now we are baptized into Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so um, so um, he not only says it's through the Red Sea, so Paul says, let me, let me just go ahead and read that, uh, read the, the one that it comes from. It's one of the things that I was bookmarking as I was going through bookmarking. Here we go. Um, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, which is the little pillar that was behind them, pillar of cloud, God's glory cloud. And all passed through the sea, so they passed through the Red Sea. The sea parted, and they passed through the Red Sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. Um, So this is, uh, so, there's a different way that, that Israelites after the Red Sea would participate, would be baptized into Moses. Um, but, um, but it's not only, so it's people going through the sea, but it's also the continual presence of that cloud. They were baptized into Moses by the cloud. Well, people didn't enter the cloud, but the cloud is there um, to make it kind of present always, um, that baptism. Because um, baptism isn't just, oh, you get baptized once and then that's kind of it. That's all, that's all your baptism is for. Well, your baptism is for every day. It keeps going with you. Even if you think you screw up so badly that you need to get baptized again. Well, not really. Um, your baptism 
covered covered that too. So, yeah. Okay. That, that all makes sense so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, so when Paul right here uh, speaks of death in the Strong's, what I was talking about earlier is the Greek word thanatos, meaning separation. Is this still what? Is this still what happens? Hey, I like that. What? Is this still what happens? Yeah, this is the ver this is applying to the verse I just shared with you. Okay. So thanatos, meaning separation. Or thanatos, which is there's just kind of a mixture of what you said and what I said. <laughs> well, I, should, I should probably should just not have mentioned that. <laughs> however you want to pronounce thanatos. Thanatos. I mean, however you, I already feel good pronouncing it. But basically, um, what it's saying is that uh, when we say we were baptized into his death, that doesn't, that doesn't mean we won't struggle or deal with our old self anymore. We still do, right? Okay, we will until we enter heaven. That's clear. Uh, but what it does, though, is that, and that's, part, that's partially also why James talks about not walking in double-mindedness. Okay? And we all know that sanctification isn't like, boom, you're, sancti you're sanctified. No, it's an ongoing process. Yes, we're justified, but we're still being sanctified daily. Okay? And so that's kind of what is there. And so it's not so much of like that, boom, you don't have to worry about sin. You don't have to worry about your old self anymore. Well, that's not true because daily I still struggle with sin. I still struggle with the old old me, right? We all do, okay? That's why Paul talks about later on in this that daily we must put on the old, the new man. Put on Christ, okay? We must wear him as clothes. And I'll, like I said, I'll get to that later so I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, had take, I had to take the one out that we already did. I thought you were done with it. You're like, I don't want this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, burial is when we get rid of what is dead. If something dies, we don't pick it up and go play with it, but we get rid of it. Like, if my... Like, okay, I'm, please do a hamster, yes, please. Mine was a gay thing, okay? Yes, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so... I got a guinea pig. I don't know how old I was, but the guinea pig lasted three days. Got sick, dead. Lord! Yeah. <laughs> right. So we buried it. So it's dead, right? So that doesn't mean every morning I'm playing, like, man, I'm going to go play my guinea pig. I don't know. <laughs> Sweet I don't go, 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 go pick him up, right? Because it's dead. So it's, we're literally getting rid of it. That's what you're Put it in a sock and swing around. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Stuff. moving on. Yeah. No. But, okay, here's the close thing. So, Paul talks about it, and it's in Ephesians 4. Um, I don't know why I didn't write the verse down, but it's in Ephesians 4, where Paul talks about taking off the old clothes and putting on the new clothes. And so when, when he's saying old clothes, we are putting off our sin, our flesh, our old ways of doing things, our old mindsets. One of the things of repentance is what? To change the way we think. Okay, so we are getting rid of the, our old mindsets that we used to have. And when we get baptized, every, every day we put on the new clothes which is righteousness, which is the Holy Spirit, which is all these different things, right? It is purity, it is holiness, all those different things, okay? So that's what one thing we do every morning is we take off the old self and put on the new self. That's why I believe that prayer in the morning, like when you wake up, is the most essential thing you can do because it truly sets your mind where it needs to be every day. Every morning, I pray. Like, first thing I do when I wake up is I pray. And the last thing I do to go to bed is pray because it's constantly renewing my mind and setting my mind on things that need to be set on, right? Paul tells us to, Paul tells us not to set our thing, set our mind on things of the flesh, but things of the spirit. So how do we do that? By praying, by reading, reading his word. And that's why it's important that every morning, every night, that we take off the old clothes and we put on the new stuff. Make sense? Yep. Um, you know, the morning and evening pattern is, is in the sacrifices in, uh, in, the, in the Levitical system. Yeah, they would sacrifice every morning, every evening, as soon as the, as soon as the sun came up. Or down. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, this one's kind of short, but resurrection is just essentially, essentially that we live a new life. As Jesus says, that we live a life and life abundantly, uh, which is a life with unity with God, a spirit-filled life. And there's some more things, but we're going to get more into those in the next part. Um, so I don't really write too much with that. Matt, you good? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, I don't know if you're taking that. I don't know if you're taking so I don't want to rush. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is we leave the old man behind and become a new creation. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. For as many of you as, as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Um, Galatians talks about that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Yep. Okay, we are a new creation. Um, so what that means is essentially is this: that our old desires are gone, and we now live with new desires. And like I said, does that mean like we won't ever deal with things of our old self? Mm-hmm. No, we do with those daily. I struggle daily. I'm sure we all daily. Okay, but it's a constant. I'm putting my mind. That's why Paul says, "Set our mind on things not of the flesh, things of the old, but set our things, I'll set our mind on things of the spirit, things of the new." Okay, we begin to hate sin and love righteousness. I was I was watching a video, and this woman was talking about how weird it is that before you're saved, you care less how you sin, you care less about your sin. But it's like once you're saved and you sin, you're like, dang, like what did I really just do? And you know, even like early on in my early on in my walk with God. It wasn't really so much that I didn't really like feel that because I, I was still new to it. But now that I'm many years into it, every time I'm sin, I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it is becoming a new creation. We are being sanctified daily. Um, we get rid of the mind of the flesh and we're and walking in the flesh. Uh, Paul talks about that in Galatians 5, right? Yeah, Galatians 5 where he talks about fruits of the flesh, um, different things. I like... Um, What's the word? Lustful, lustful desires, adultery, all these different things of the flesh, okay? And then he says we now walk with the mind of the spirit, walk in the spirit, with the fruits of the spirit, right? Okay? Um, we no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ. As Paul says, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And we now live in a new identity. We get rid of our old identity, and we now are sons and daughters of, of Jesus, of the King. Okay? And we now have a new hope. You know, before we get, before we get saved and baptized and all that stuff, we have no hope really we don't but now that we are in Christ we do have a new hope that one day that yeah I'm I can't wait I'm gonna have a new body I'm going to be in a place where there is no more pain no more tears no more crying and all this stuff does it make sense um so um so you said some things earlier about um about living a new life um really your trajectory of life kind of changes you're going in a different direction even if you just com- still completely screw up after that. As long as you haven't, as long as you have, as long as you don't reject Christ, after this, you're still going in a in a new direction. Even if it seems like it takes a really long time, or even if it, you, you you seem to have later in life kind of like a new conversion experience. Well, really, you just had a really a, a lot longer of a road than than you know than you think some other people have. Whenever you're doing. Um, uh, uh, it's still, it's still all, you're still, you're still receiving sort of the benefits that you get out of baptism, even if, even if you like really screw up after that. But, um, but eventually, you know, God has claimed you as his own at this point, right? After this point in baptism, God claims you, you are in the name. You are baptized into his name. He has put his name on you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He stamped it on you. 
So he's going to bring you out. If you don't reject, if you don't reject him after that point, he will bring you out even if you seem like you've just completely ruined everything. Um, unless you, unless you go, okay, I'm done. God, I'm done with you. You know, unless you do that, eventually it will turn out right, even if it doesn't look like that immediate. And I now I'm repeating, repeating myself several times, so I will stop. Parker, you need to stop doing that. Everyone is enjoying what you're saying right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I I repeated myself like three times there. So it's all good, bro. Know, Repeat it. That's right. Okay. Well, there we go. Perfect. One more time. One more time. Say whatever it was. Okay. Don't do it, Parker. They don't deserve it. Okay. And Nazarene. So, so whenever, whenever, whenever you get baptized, God is is pronouncing you to be different. God is pronouncing you to be His own. Puts, you are put into his name. Um, those words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they come from the Bible. This is the word of God spoken over you. Whether, um, whether you, know, you believe all of the stuff about baptism or not, um, as, long as, as long as you are not rejecting Christ, eventually all of this stuff will be applied to you even if you screw up a lot like like a lot of people really complain and they go like oh well you know i knew somebody who got baptized as a kid and so and um and you know and he he went off and he did he did whatever um and so now i don't think now i don't think any of this stuff works and it and baptism is just it's just something it's just something personal for you to for you to personally confess what you're feeling inside. Well, not exactly. There are there are two possibilities there with that guy. One is that he's rejected God. Two is that he'll wrap back around. He just had a really big journey to go on that that you didn't know about. There is a there is kind of a, a different a kind of a mini death and resurrection there are sorry kind of like a second death and resurrection sequence because we all go through death and resurrection sequences all the time we go through trials we go through tough times and then we come out as a different person um we go to sleep and then we come up new every day um, and whenever you get baptized all of these things get tied in to what jesus went through it gets tied into that kind of death and resurrection instead of the death that leads to no resurrection. There you go. Good. Yay. Um, I, I, uh, I will say, I don't know, you might have this one on there, but right before that part in Romans 6 that he, that he talks about, instead of being, uh, in, in being baptized into Jesus' death, Right before that, he talks about um, he talks about going from um, Adam to Christ. How Adam sinned, and then everybody inherited his transgression, and then you go to Christ. It's about baptism is about washing that old Adam seed away. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, and that's one of the reasons why it's also connected to your trajectory of life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Okay. That was good. Uh, the next one and the last one for this is that in baptism we join into the body of Christ, which is the church. First um, Corinthians twelve, verses twelve through thirteen. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So. This is kind of like when I was sitting there thinking about it, I was like, kind of the analogy I thought of, like, if you join a fraternity or any type of club, there's normally an initiation to it, right? You know, if, if you go to college and you want to join a frat, you have to go through an initiation process. So in a sense, baptism to join into the church is our initiation process in a way. If we are, that, that's kind of, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What was that verse, First uh, Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13. Thank you. Yep. Um, and so, and everyone's saying that, what Parker was just saying, and baptism, is you are saying that I'm no longer part of this world, but a part of the church, the body of Christ. Like he was saying, I'm no longer connected to Adam's Eve, and I'm now connected to Christ. Okay? And the important thing is, and, and this is why it's good for it to be in a, a church congregation, is that the act of baptism not only builds up your faith, but everybody else's around you. One of the most beautiful things to be in church is to either partake in baptizing someone or be there when they're getting baptized. Yeah, it's it, true. it truly encourages and builds up and lifts up your faith. It really does. It sometimes convicts you, but <laughs> that's part of it. But that's why it, 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 it's so important, in, in my opinion, that I believe it. If obviously you know, if there's something if you want to do it in, like in the moment, and if you don't have it, then that's one thing. But I do believe it's so beautiful for it to be in a, in a church because it builds up your faith and the people around you. And, and part of it is, I was reading commentaries, part of it is because that when someone's baptized, they are seeing the gospel in play. Yeah. They are seeing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They are seeing new life there. You know what I mean? They are seeing salvation played out again. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have for that. Um, uh, another thing that I want, I kind of I did a little bit of this earlier. But I do want to emphasize a lot of times when Paul is talking about baptism in a lot of his letters, he's calling on people to live out their baptism. Um, because baptism is an everyday thing. Baptism is something that you're supposed to remember. You're supposed to go, yes, I'm washed. I have been washed. And now I am living this. I'm living the resurrection life. And, and that's sanctification? Um, that's, and it's part of your sanctification, yeah. yeah. Um, is that you are continually being conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. Um, uh, I, guess the, I guess the next things that I want to say are connected to the um, uh, next section, I think. Yeah, that's all you, you can leave this section if you want. All right. Um, let, me, let me see. Okay. Um, so... Um, so is baptism needed for salvation? So basically the big distinction that I want to make here, and I don't have a lot of proof text for this, but God, there are ways that God promises, there are places that God promises to be, and there are places that he, there are ways that he promises to save people, and there are things that he promises to give people and put them through, and gifts that he promises to give you, right? And then there are the, the ways where he just 
where he will sometimes he will save people in a way that's not the usual way right because what do we say about all of the pagan nations where you know where some of them even had like visions of jesus before before um before jews or or the gospel ever came to their nation what do we say about them they're evil huh i don't know well Kirby thinks they're evil. So. You know, there pagan are certain... Nation? Not, I just thought paganism was like a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, it is. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about like well, Native I Americans? Mean, all is that what you're talking about? Or killed. Yeah. Like the Native Americans? Huh? The Native Americans? I don't know. No, they're really people from... Like, We're talking about... Oh, like the Celtic different... people. Maybe oh I should have used a different word. We're talking about oh ancient gosh. people. Yes. Yeah, so like people like people outside of Israel, how did they, how did they get saved? Well... It's not exactly it's not exactly clear how certain groups of people get saved. You know, it's not exactly clear what, you know, what what an aborted baby goes through. Well, we can assume that there are certain ways that God will just that God will just save people however he wants, all right? <laughs> but there are certain things in God's word where he promises to be there and he and uh, he wants to give people certain gifts um, through what he's instituted. And baptism is one of those things that he's instituted. So are there, are there people who have been saved without baptism? Yeah. But baptism also is one of the ways that he has promised to, to be there and to be a part of your salvation. Right? Um, Peter in Acts um, 2... 38, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? So, your sins do get forgiven whenever you get baptized. Right? Are there some people who, who go throughout their entire lives and then they never hear about baptism, and then, I don't know, maybe, maybe you know, one day before their death, then they hear about Jesus and then they believe in him? And then, do they get to go to heaven? Yeah. But baptism still still gives the forgiveness of sins. Um, Wait, can you say that again? No, I want to make sure I heard that right. Mm-hmm. I just, the last part. Yeah, the last yeah. part again. The so, I mean, like, God forgives you your sins whenever you get baptized. Mm-hmm. But only then? So, this is, this is what I've been saying, right? It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily like a, oh, you know, oh, well, you don't, you don't get any, any benefits of God's forgiveness before you get baptized. It's not like that. But, I mean, he says right here, repent and be baptized for the, in the name, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And then in Acts 22, after Paul has his conversion moment, um, Acts 22. 16. Yeah, 16. And now why do you wait? Rise and be bat- baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Well, did Paul have absolutely no no benefits from Jesus at that time? Well, obviously not. Mm-hmm. He was healed. The scales came mm-hmm. off of his eyes that Jesus mm-hmm. put on him, right? But also, he says, Ananias says, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. So, will we figure out 
Is there is there a one is there a one moment here that they are pointing to and they go, oh well, you only get your your sins forgiven this way. In Acts, no. In Acts, all kinds of crazy stuff outside of the rules happens. Um, but God promises to be there in baptism. Um, and we have the and the main thing is that we have the promise from Jesus Himself. In fact, it's that very verse. It's around that very verse where He says, "I am with you to the end of the age." Right after He tells them to baptize everybody in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are put into His name. His name in the Old Testament. His name is a form of His presence. His name is almost kind of like it almost is almost like a distinct thing. At some points, right? His name is where his presence is at. <clears throat> is there? Are there any part? Are there any points in the New Testament where people who are not baptized, where God is with them? Yes, but in baptism, this is where this is where you get his presence at the same time, right? I, I'm not here to give you theological math. The, reading the Bible and theology, this is art. It's not science, right? There are certain denominations and certain kinds of people who want to fit everything in nice, neat little boxes and never go outside of those boxes. Um, but, um, but the Bible is written in a certain way where there are some ambiguities here and there. That, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure one day we'll solve those in the church, you know, you know, 500, 1,000 years in the future, and we'll know everything. But that is not right now, all right? Um, what's the next thing I was going to do? Rebaptism. No. We're still on number three. You're wrong. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You have, you have that verse. I forgot about that one. Thanks, John. That's a good one. Yeah. Um... Um, where is it? 16, 16. Mm -hmm. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So baptism is a part of you being saved. God speaks the word, and you receive all of the gifts there in baptism. Um, of course, it's also connected to belief. Um, there is some sense in which faith is always like there. Whenever... Um, whenever people uh, get baptized. It also says this in Colossians 2.12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So these things kind of like go together. Um, uh, What's the next thing I want to do? Um, Peter in that Acts uh, 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we receive the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did in his baptism. Um, obviously, Jesus had the Holy Spirit in some sense before he was baptized because he's, he's, the, he's God, he's the Son, the eternal Son. But in another sense, he received the Spirit in his baptism. 
when it came down in the form of a dove. Um, and we see an echo of this way earlier in the well, later and earlier in the Bible. First Peter three um, connects baptism to uh, the story of Noah's Ark. Um, the world gets flooded. The world is made into a new world. You enter into a new world whenever you whenever you are baptized. Mm -hmm. That's that's one thing that 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 I forgot to mention way earlier there. Um, Noah all. Um, whenever um, the flood starts to recede, um, Noah sees the dove appear. So um, that is also, the spirit is a part of the picture, the type of baptism before we get baptism to come. Um, let's see. Carl, I wanted that last post there. Um, one more thing. That's why I'm running rubber. Yeah. Um, and one last thing. I didn't mark bookmark this one. I should have. It is the best. I love it. You love it. Nacho Libre? Nacho the Libre? Yes. Oh, sorry, Nacho the Libre. He is the Libre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't, I can't find Titus. It's, it's too small. <laughs> or it's Philemon. Not the Titus one. Yeah, it's the Titus too big. There it is. <laughs> Alright, um, let me see. Sorry for the space. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Um, so we are washed in baptism, and this is connected to, um, to us getting washed by the Holy Spirit. The word for regeneration, a lot of people put like a lot of weird theological categories on this, but uh, the other parts in the Bible that connects to is the renewal of the whole world. So you're in, it's another place where you enter the new world. Um, uh, one other thing. Um, we are saved by grace alone. All right? We are saved by the grace of God alone. It is a total gift. There is no other way in which we are saved. We are not saved by going through the ritual of baptism, but we are saved by okay. what God speaks over us when we get baptized. Yeah. That, is a, that is a pretty critical distinction, right? It's God speaking the word, and that's what's saving us in baptism. Um, if God wasn't... if if there was no if there was no word in baptism, if the word was not there, then literally it wouldn't matter, and it would just be like the Old Testament washings. Um, but um, but because God's word is spoken over us, that is that is that is how and why we receive the gifts that we do in baptism. Um, uh, and another thing. A lot of people like to say that baptism is a work. Baptism is not a work because you don't do anything when you get baptized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are completely helpless whenever the other person is dunking you, dunking yep. you down, <laughs> or the other person is sprinkling over your head or whatever. Spray. Or, or you're doing all Posing all three down. things at once. Some some <laughs> some people 
the early church did all three yeah. modes of, at once because they were like, oh, we, I like all of the images in the Bible, which is cool. That's cool. And then they would also do the, you get dunked, Father, bring up, Son, bring up, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Let me... I only have one more thing left and my portion will be done. Or at least well I guess we I guess we handle five together, but yeah. Um, and then even with that, Garrett, some even had you uh, recite the Apostles' Creed, and then you got baptized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that's cool. Had, that's what I had to do when I got baptized as a kid. I would give up on our salvation at that was, point. Uh, There's no way I would know that. I had to recite the Apostles' sing Creed, and then you were baptized again, and then you will know. <laughs> it's not hard. Can we sing it? Can we sing the Apostles' Creed. You guys know it. We will. <laughs> <laughs> You guys know that? Is it big? We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, can you change? Yes. Ask her to Dang it. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh. Kylie? Here we go. In Ezekiel uh, 36, 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all your uncleanness, from all the uh, and from all your idols. I will cleanse you, mm-hmm. and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. I will cu- put my spirit within you, and cause you to uh, walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Can you say that verse again? I will sprinkle. No, no, no. Like the actual verse, like Ezekiel, what? Oh, Ezekiel 25 through 27. Chapter 36. Yeah, chapter 36, Ezekiel chapter Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. Thank you. 36 Ezekiel. Ah. 36. So, um, so we see another, we see images, we see like um, prophecies about baptism earlier in the Bible. Um, uh, here he says he says sprinkling. That's one of the reasons why some people sprinkle. So um, one of them. So there you go. So yeah, that's it. That's all I've got. I'm done now. Okay. So, so the fourth one is rebaptism, and this one's not long because it's not a hard answer. <laughs> is rebaptism needed if you mess up like Parker saying? No, you don't need to be rebaptized. It's that simple. Um, there's only one case that you ever need to be rebaptized, and that if you are, that means if you are not baptized in the Trinitarian format. So if I'm baptized in any other way outside of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then I need to be rebaptized. But if I've done those things, then it doesn't matter. Okay. So if you're baptized by a Mormon, you got to get rebaptized because they don't use Trinitarian format. You don't realize. What if you're baptized, use? huh? What do they use? Just they Jesus just, Christ. Yeah, just. Um, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it is just Jesus. It's just Jesus Christ. Um, and there are others. There are other groups who will choose, who will use just Jesus, like um, Oneness Pentecostals, yeah. people who don't believe in the Trinity. There's some other churches that when they do baptism, they don't say in the name of the Father, Son, or Spirit. They just they say baptize you in Jesus' name. So yeah, but then but they recognize the Trinitarian thing. Well, they're doing it wrong. I have a question. Yeah. Write it. Okay. Hold I, on. I wrote down this. All right. Because we're almost done with this. 40. Yeah. Um, Acts 8. In Acts 8, we see a man named Simon. And Simon is a dude. He, 
and he's practicing magic, and he meets Philip, and Philip comes and preaches the word of God. Simon believes and is baptized. John and Peter, we see then come, because they call John and Peter down. They lay hands on the people that just heard the word and received or were baptized, and those people then receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? Well, Simon speaks up and says this, that I want the Holy Spirit. And essentially, the reasoning why he wants it, based on the context, is he wants it uses for his own gain. Okay? Essentially, essentially it. Okay? But Peter's response to him is, Peter, you know, kind of goes in on him for a second. And then Peter tells him to do, repent. Not get back, not get rebaptized, but just repent. So if rebaptism was needed, it would have been needed right then and there. Mm. But he just told him to repent. Okay? I never thought about that one. Boom. I'm keeping that one. Um, the main teaching of rebaptism, and like I said, it, it's just done if it's invalid. If it's not done in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's then you need to be rebaptized. 1 Corinthians is another moment of this. We see a man that is in the church, okay? So he's in the church. That means he's a believer. That means he's repented, and that means he's been baptized, right? Because you couldn't be in the church if you hadn't done those things, okay? He backslides, we see, and what do they do? They excommunicate him, okay? In 1 Corinthians, he's excommunicated. I think it's chapter 5. I don't remember the exact chapter, but it's, it's early on in Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, we see Paul talk about him. And we see that Paul has said that he has repented. And what is the church supposed to do? Forgive him for his, for his sins, comfort him, and to love him. Not rebaptize him, but forgive him, comfort, and love him. If rebaptism was needed, he would have needed it mm -hmm. yeah. because he was excommunicated. So you don't need to be rebaptized, re okay? Excommunicate means remove from the church. I found out the hard way that a lot of people who are, have been in the church for a really long time don't know what that means. I thought you were about to say you found out the hard way because you got <laughs> Yeah, he did. I was like, wait a second. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Is there, is, is, do we find rebaptism in scripture? Essentially, is no. And the only time we know we need it is if it's in the if you're not baptized in the Trinitarian format. Um, outside of that, is like, now I will say this. I was rebaptized. I was rebaptized. And after learning about it, I realized I really didn't. Yeah. Now, it wasn't from a bad heart or anything like that. It wasn't like anything like that. But I just didn't need it to. Even, and, and here's, here's one of the things that opened it up for me. Is Jesus is at the Last Supper and he washes, he's getting ready to wash the disciples' feet. Peter speaks up and does what Peter always does. Oh, God, I want you to baptize. I want you to wash all of me. And he's like, no, you've already been washed. Mm -hmm. Right? You just need to, but it's but obviously I can't remember the exact wording, but basically he said you've already been washed. I'm just cleaning it up, basically. That's not you know, Jesus language, but that's the, that's the John version of it. Okay, <laughs> that's just the John version. But the point is this: is we need our feet washed every day, mm -hmm. every single day. We need our feet washed, and I don't mean physically, but spiritually. Also, no, physically. you need it physically too. Yeah, yeah those me. shoes over there. I was sitting right there. Somebody's feet stink. It's probably mine. So, uh, that's definitely Kirby. Oh, those it's are your shoes right there. Chill. All right, anyways, anyways, back to Jesus. Oh, no, it's these. But, yeah. It's these. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. That's it. Is every morning we need to get washed. Every morning. That's why uh, David says that your, your goodness and mercy are new every morning. Every morning I'm receiving his mercy again. Every morning I'm receiving his love again. Every morning I'm receiving his goodness again. We don't need to be rebaptized. We just need to, every morning we get washed and washed and washed. Does that make sense? Because you keep stepping in crap. Yep. Sure.
You got anything on rebaptism? Uh, it's a good way to um, You don't get rebaptized because you feel like dedicating your life again. You don't do that. Because it's an everyday thing. Baptism is an everyday thing. If it's an everyday thing, if it's something that you're called to live out, as Paul does many times in the letters, then clearly you don't need to do it again because you just, you just have it that time. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I want to add. All right. So this is the last part. This is the fifth part, and then we're going to open up for questions. Nice. So one of my favorite things in the Bible is, and if I'm, I'm like a nerd, basically, I doubt to submit it. I love typology. Does anyone not know what typology is? Okay. Typology is essentially where we see Jesus and things of the New Covenant in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. Make sense? Yes. Okay. All right. So, earlier we talked about Noah, and that's what I'm going to reference here, and I'm going to show you my picture. That's a great picture. So, we have the ark, the water, and the new creation. So, we nice. got, you know, the boat, the water, we got two people and a dog. Yeah. Some, ah, some trees and some trees something that. That's the new creation. Got that. All right. So, in, in Genesis, it's Genesis, uh, Genesis 6, 9, and through 8, 19. Okay, so Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, and then it ends in Genesis 8, chapter 19. Um, so, in John 10, 7, Jesus is talking to them, and he says that I am the door. And he, when the context of what he's talking about, he's talking about a sheep pen. In a sheep pen, there's only one door in that the shepherd would sit in there in case anything would come in and try to attack it. But he would be the one to let the sheep in. He was the door, essentially. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. But we also see him see him say that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. So if I want to walk into a house, I have to go through the door, right? Okay? So Jesus calls himself the door. So when you look at the ark, there's a door. Jesus is the door of the ark. Make sense so far? Yes. Okay. No. If it doesn't, let me know because, like, this actually is, like, kind of confusing. It was, like, you should, my mind is everywhere. So far. Okay. So that's where we see God the Son, the first part of the Trinity there. Second part we see in Genesis seven sixteen, and the Lord shut him in. Genesis what? Seven verses six verses sixteen. It says that the Lord shut him in. Noah didn't shut him in. No one else in Noah's family shut him in. The Lord shut him in. Now, obviously, I'm not going to get into that because that's just going to be a whole other thing we're going to get into. But obviously, it's the Holy Spirit. We're just going to leave it at that. Yes. I'm not going to get into how it works because it's just confusing. But it's the Holy Spirit. Ephesians verses one thirteen through fourteen says this. That we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the door, God the Son, and the door is sealed by God, God the Holy Spirit. He is the seal. So when we come into Christ, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Got make sense so far? Good? Yes. Okay. God the Father is in Genesis 6, verses 13 through 14. God says to build the ark. That's God says to build the ark. Okay. That's obviously not what's all that's in the verse, but essentially that's just what the verse says, that God tells Noah to build the ark. Okay. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says we are saved by grace through faith. Like Mark was saying earlier, we are saved by grace. There's nothing else but it. It's grace. Without grace, we're not saved. It doesn't matter. I mean, we don't have faith into anything to put our faith into anyways. And the key part to that is what does faith come from? Didn't they address that in Hebrews? Oh, wait. I know you're not, not that verse, but I know you're talking about that. But 
Where does faith come, come from? from? Believing faith. without seeing. I don't know. God. Ephesians no. 2, 8 through 9. Hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Yes. Yes. That is where we receive faith, is hearing his word. Which, you do that? It's cool. Huh? You do that? No, I just did that now because that's what it was. Because that's, that's the hearing because you're, yeah. 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 So God speaks, which is his grace, telling Noah, here's your chance out. God offers him his grace. Mm-hmm. He also gives Noah a bit of faith because here's the reality. Now Noah has a choice. He can either build the ark and do what he says and get saved or he doesn't do what he says. Okay. So there's, there's where, where we see the whole trinity in play. So they get in the boat, which Jesus is the door. They get, they're in there, they're sealed, all that stuff. So they're saved by the, in the boat, right? And here's the thing. We have to understand that the boat isn't just a boat. It's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the boat. Not going to get into that, but just know Jesus is the boat. That's a lot more. It's confusing. All right. So now where comes part two, water, which also equals baptism. In baptism, there's two things about baptism. And they can be kind of defined like this. Judgment and mercy. For unbelievers, the waters of baptism are judgment. But for believers, the waters of baptism are mercy. In Romans 6, verses 3 through 4, we see later that we, we have joined with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Okay? So what happens on the cross? Jesus takes our judgment that we deserve for us, right? And he takes it upon himself. Yes. So that is his death and burial, which is judgment. Obviously, we see three days later, Jesus resurrects is where the mercy comes from. Okay? So in baptism, there's a, there's a part of judgment and also mercy. Because what, is, what does Paul teach? That we are a new creation. That we go, we, when we're baptized, we put off the old self and we put on the new self. So there's judgment upon our old self, in a sense, if that makes sense. That we're getting rid of it. That it is no more. And we're walking out into the new world of mercy. Starting from mercy. It all makes sense so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Part three, we see a beautiful drawing right here of two people and a dog. Looking at some mountains. Uh, two trees that kind of oh, look like one giant tree. Okay. Hey, trees? It's beautiful. It's beautiful art. Okay. In the sun. In the sun. Okay. This one's kind of simple. Second Corinthians five seventeen. We are a new creation. First Corinthians twelve. I don't even know what I wrote there, so I'm just not going to act like it. But I shared it with you earlier that we are no longer part of the old world, but now a new one. As Parker was saying earlier, it's not even so. It's it's part of it is that we are a new creation, but we're also entering an entirely new world. Yeah. It's completely yes, different. Yes. Yes. And so that's baptism and Noah, and that explains everything that we just talked about. But it was kind of hard to understand this if you don't get everything in it. All those three things represent the Trinity and baptism. And the um, and the and the whole baptism and the whole baptism equaling Noah's blood thing. That's that's Peter says that in First Peter three. Peter talks about that. Um, uh, and I've got I've got I've got a couple a couple more parallels. Um, in baptism, we become priests um, because all of the priests had the ritual washings. Now, the ritual washings only washed away things of the flesh. In First Peter three, it says that here it is. Um, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, That's what Jesus but as an appeal to God for so a good conscience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So basically. It is a, it's a spiritual washing instead of it's, a, it's something that washes you your whole person spiritually and not just just washing off the flesh or any impureness. Um, uh, we are we are made into kings through baptism. Um, Jesus received his anointing 
in it in baptism. Whenever John baptized um, Jesus, mm-hmm. this Holy Spirit comes down. But also, it is his. It is the anointing for him to become a, a king, um, and that's a that's another one of the one of the um, uh, reasons people uh, people um, people like sprinkling or pouring or whatever as a mode of baptism because because that's how kings um, kings get anointed. 